Well, good morning. Good to see you today. We are so glad you're here this morning. Excited about today. We've got some special stuff we're going to be sharing with you at the end of the service. And we were excited about this last Friday. Um, if you went to Pitnaz at the park, uh, we want to say thank you. Um, we had a great turnout. want to say thank you for those who invited. It looks like we invited a lot of people because there was just a great turnout, not only of our church folks, but also a lot of visitors. And if you happen to be one of those visitors was that, that was at the park Friday, we're glad that you're here. We're in a series. Uh, this series is called Going Live, Faith in Action. And specifically what we've been talking about um, in this series is trusting in who you can't see despite the circumstances that you can see. Can you guys say that with me? Trusting in who you can't see despite the circumstances that you can see. Um, To share with you about this whole topic of faith, I think we have to be fair in saying that faith is a hard thing. It's really hard to put faith and trust in God, this person that you can't see. Uh, Even those of us who've been walking with God maybe a long time or for a while, or you maybe even have a new relationship with God or considering that, we know and we believe certain things and we might have a feeling inside of us that tells us that God is real or we see God's love and action through someone else. But to be honest with you, I don't care how long you've been a part of having a relationship with God, it's real hard sometimes to have faith when things get tough. And most of the time, what we want to do instead of have faith is panic, right? For those of you who've flown before, you may not know this, but I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Do we have anybody else who's just a little bit claustrophobic? Honestly, yeah. I, I'm not terribly claustrophobic. I've flown on planes a lot. Um, but a while back, my brother lives in Maryland, and I was surprising him and going to fly out uh, to see him. And my sister um, was working in Pennsylvania at the time, and so I was able to catch a flight with her. And it was like 5.30 in the morning, and um, we got to the airport, got checked in. I didn't have much to eat because we got up early and, and had to be there, you know, real early just so we could catch the flight. I got on the plane, and obviously I'm not a small person, and I was sitting next to the window And my sister's sitting next to me, and there's a guy my size sitting on the outside. And I don't know why, but I just got really panicked. I mean, really panicked. I started getting kind of nauseous. And I mean, I make fun of people that do that, right? And now I'm doing this. And so I'm just sitting there, and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm really sick. I got to get out of here. And I just started panicking. And my sister looked at me, and she's like, okay, first of all, you're being ridiculous. And second of all, you need to just slow down. Take some deep breaths, and because it's really embarrassing what you're doing right now. <laughs> so she didn't say all that, but for the story, I'll make it funny. But bottom line is, I had to talk myself out of starting to panic, and and I just relaxed for a minute, and I ended up being just fine. And I share that with you today because when we have stuff happen, last week, where James is the home base for this series, if you're new today, and in James chapter one, we talked about troubles because a lot of times we can have faith when things are going easy we can have faith in our marriage when things are going well we can have faith in our finances when we've got enough money to make it through the week or the month or whatever we can have faith that we're good parents when our kids are acting the way that they're supposed to but it's hard to have faith when things aren't going the way that they should And when things aren't going the way that they should, we're oftentimes wanting to panic. 
wanting to freak out. And so one of the things practically, if you walk away here today, that we want to learn and understand from Scripture is that we don't have to panic. We don't have to put our faith in what we see, but we can put it in what we don't see. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Real faith is more than just believing. It is acting on what we believe. Say that with me. Real faith is more than just believing. It is acting on what we believe. We can believe a lot of things about God. But all of a sudden we have struggle or trouble come up. And we're going to learn today that it's not just believing. It's our actions that allow us to have faith and to grow. In the book of James, if you have your Bibles and you want to go to chapter 2 of James, that's what we're going to be talking about. James, as I mentioned last week, was a half-brother of Jesus. And he had witnessed Jesus put actions behind what he believed. And James writes this very practical and straightforward letter that's about five chapters long. And we know uh, just right after he wrote this letter that he was essentially martyred for his faith. And so James lived it out as well. And James writes about what it looks like to have faith instead of fear. And he starts out with this question. It's kind of like when you're talking to your kids and you're trying to get them to understand something and you don't want to just give them the answer. You want them to think for themselves and so you ask a question to get them to think. And he says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? And then he, just to drive home the point, then he gives a practical example. Suppose that you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So then he says, it concludes verse 17 with this. So you see, let's finish it together. Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Uh, I served in St. Louis as a youth pastor for a couple of years, and uh, the lead pastor there, his name was Mike Palmer, and Mike was an awesome guy, but he shares this story about how he didn't have faith uh, that had actions involved. One Sunday morning before church started, they were having prayer, the pastor and the associate pastor. Um, in fact, at that time, Mike was an associate pastor because he was young and, and getting started in ministry. And right as they were walking into the sanctuary, this person who was hungry, I'm not making this up, this is a true story, came up to them, he just walked in off the street and said, do you have any food or anything like that? I'm really hungry, you know, I don't know if I need to work for it or something like that. And he said, the lead pastor said, we're getting ready to have church, okay? Don't, don't bother us right now. And Mike, being young and not having a lot of confidence and being assertive, he just walked into the service and the guy left and Mike didn't know what happened to him. And he said, you know, this is 25, 30 years later, he's still haunted by that. And I share that with you because that's essentially what the scripture is saying. What good is it to believe something if there's not actions behind it? So there's a few things that we need to be reminded of or maybe learn today in order to live out the faith that God's calling us to. Because I believe that the fastest way to get someone to have a relationship with Jesus is for us to live out that relationship in front of them. 
And that is that, number one, faith is a verb. Say that with me. Faith is a verb. It's putting actions behind what you believe. Jesus, I just don't trust you. You don't trust me? No, I mean, I want to trust you. I just don't. (laughs) I have an exercise that I think will really help. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. Mm -hmm. Now, do you trust me? Uh, No, I just said I don't trust you. This is all part of the exercise. All right. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. So, do you trust me? Uh, Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. (laughs) You can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well... Jesus, I trust Good. you. Yes, I do trust you. I'm going to fall okay. back. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay. Let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted. All right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay. I'm going to do it. All right. I'm really going to do it. <laughs> Good. You need to move back. Ah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one's a little bit different, Laura. Oh, okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Oh, forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. <laughs> yes, the okay. Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> Especially when you do it. <laughs> Seriously? Of course. Okay, Jesus, I don't know if you noticed this, but there is nobody over there. I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way. It is that way. You can do this, Laura. Just trust me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that. We can do it together. I can't. You can. I won't. It's, uh, it's not just the lady in the video that that can create a tension for. As I mentioned earlier, this is a tough subject to tackle. And many times we're in situations that are just like that video. It just doesn't seem possible that there's any way that things can work out the way that we'd like. Or the way that we hope. And yet Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 20 that, that we're identified through our actions, our fruit is, a, is recognizable not only to God, but to those around us. Did you realize that there are people around you that need to see someone fall back when it looks like there's no logical reason why they should? And I'm not just talking about literally, I mean figuratively. In our situations in life, you see, faith is a verb. Faith is also more than believing that God exists. I would say, you know, in any church, there's probably people that are a little skeptical about God and maybe some that maybe don't even know if there is a God. But most people, if you just went to the mall or you went somewhere and you started talking to people, and even if they didn't attend church, I would say most people would believe that there is a God or that there is some kind of a higher being or something like that. And 
The problem with that is, in order to have faith, we have to have a relationship to have trust, right? We've, we've seen in movies before, you know, people say, well, you know, if we don't have trust, we don't have anything. And I've heard people say that in counseling. If we don't have trust, we don't have anything. And, and for us to live out what we believe, we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if we don't have a relationship, we can't trust. It's more than just a head knowledge. It's more than believing that God exists. Did you know the demons? They believe God exists. Listen to this. You say you have faith, for you believe that there's one God, James writes. Well, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Let's read that last sentence again. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? He goes on, James, essentially to say that actions is what makes our faith complete. He says, don't you remember, he talks about Abraham here, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions? You remember Abraham's actions, don't you? Abraham and Sarah were, couldn't have a baby. Sarah was barren and Sarah was around 90 years old and Abraham was 100 years old and and childbearing years were way beyond that and yet God calls them at a peculiar time to to have this child and and Abraham's faith grew and they have this baby and they're all excited and yet we find God calling Abraham to sacrifice their only son and so Abraham's willing to do that and at the last minute God says no I, I know that you trust me and out of that faith God makes a nation He goes on to say, and so it happened just as the scripture said, Abraham believed and God counted it to him as righteousness because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God. Check this out. We are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. He says Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her what? By her actions. You know, it's interesting that James mentions her occupation. I mean, why would he just say what, that she was a prostitute? I don't think it was coincidental. I think he did it on purpose. Because I think what he's saying is, regardless of your past. Did you catch that? Regardless of your past. And regardless of the past that you're judging of someone else, God uses anybody. God restores anybody. And regardless of your story, you can have faith. Rahab was a prostitute, didn't even believe in the God of Israel. And God began to use Israel to take over, you know, all kinds of cities and and Rahab learns that they're gonna, there's spies coming into Jericho and she hears of these spies and these spies are God's chosen people and if they find these spies in Rahab's house, they'll kill Rahab and kill the spies. But Rahab began to believe in this God of Israel and she hides these spies and protects them. And Rahab is mentioned in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And here it says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. I share that with you today because it's not just Rahab that can have faith and choose to step out of the box. We can as well. Last week I shared with you about Megan Moss. And if you weren't here last week, Megan Moss um, 
had a heart transplant several years, years ago and God answered our, everyone's prayer and gave her a new heart and she began to live a good life. And then we know last week, if you were on Facebook, it's scattered all over there, all over the world. People have heard about it. There's like 31,000 shares on Facebook. Megan passed away having uh, this baby. And Megan's parents, their names are Wayne and Kathy. And what's been remarkable to me, talking about real faith is more than believing. It's acting on what we believe. We've witnessed Wayne and Kathy putting actions behind what they believe when everything inside of me would just want to fall apart. And they are. But they're also choosing to trust God. And they're choosing to say, God, whatever, whatever the outcome is, I believe. Kathy's putting things on Facebook like, God, give me strength. Give me your purpose. Give me your plan. You see, faith is possible. And it begins with a relationship with God that we cultivate. Let me just give you an example. My wife and I got married December 18th, 1999. And when we walked down the aisle, there was a lot of hope there. There was hope that no one's going to get sick. There was hope that our marriage is going to last a long time. There's hope that that I'm going to be the person she wants me to be and, and she's going to be the person that I need her to be. There's all these hopes and these dreams that we have. But if that was the only time, I, I, I not just believe that, but if there's no actions behind that belief on our wedding day and 10 years go by, 20 years go by, or however long, and there's nothing to cultivate that hope that we started with, what's going to happen? We all know the answer to that question. And I share that with you because in our walk with God, we start with hope, right? We start with the cross. We start with, I believe. We start with, Jesus died. We start with, we send all these kids to camp and they go to camp and they ask Jesus into their heart. That's the start. And there's nothing wrong with hope. Hope's a good thing. But to keep that hope alive and to continue to grow in our relationship with God, we have to put actions behind what we believe. And many times those actions mean choosing to step in tune with the Spirit even when death occurs, even when struggle occurs, even when troubles come. So how how is God calling you to act? How is God calling you To have faith. What is he asking out of you that's going to take a little bit more than you on paper can do? Maybe a lot more. I think in fairness to all of us, it gives me comfort to know that Jesus wanted out of what God's plan was when he was in the garden. said, if there's another way, I'm open to it. But what we also see modeled in that same story is... God, if there's another way, I'm open to it. But at the end of it, God, I'm, my will is to do what you want. This isn't really entertaining this morning. This isn't making us all necessarily feel great. But not everything in Scripture is about warm fuzzies. 
Sometimes God's just calling us to do what we're called to do. The other day I was at home talking to one of the kids and I told them they needed to unload the dishwasher. And I got kind of some flack about that from them. Some arguing about it. And after listening to the the whining is what I call it, or wussitis, I finally just said, just do it. If you'll just do it, you'll get it over with. You're spending 10 or 15 minutes trying to get out of this. You get it done in about five. Just do it. And I share that with us today because there has to be this jumping off point where it moves past hope and we start to say, God, I'm going to take some practical action steps to trust you. What is he calling you to do? There's someone in your life that you know you've been, God's been telling you to invite them to church or telling you to share your faith with them or to share your testimony, your story with them. And you've had all these excuses why you can't do it. And trust me, I have them too. Just because I'm a pastor, it doesn't mean that it's not, it's hard sometimes. But what if you were to step out of the boat in faith? Maybe you know someone that you need to talk to. You know that things aren't right. They owe you an apology and you owe them an apology, but somebody's, you're waiting for the, you know, person B to be the first one to, to move because you don't want to be the first one to move. Or maybe they've already apologized to you and you know you need to give it back to them and you're not. What would it look like in faith, regardless of how you feel, if you just practiced doing the right thing, like going to the gym when you don't want to and saying, you know what, I don't even feel like saying I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it because I know it's the right thing to do and I'm going to be faithful. Maybe it's something even more practical for those that attend church regularly. You know God's been calling you to to give financially to either our church or to someone else in some way. And it just isn't working out on paper. What would it look like for you to take a step of faith? A bunch of different topics that I haven't even listed today. But here's what we're going to do in just a minute. We've, we're going to take communion together. We'll go through that in just a second. But before we take communion, we've got a cross over there. And there's some black trash cans at the bottom of them. We also have some sticky pads over there as well. Maybe what God's calling you to do is to write something down and throw it in the trash. Something that's a, a sin or a struggle or just anxiety or whatever. And you want to write it down and throw it in the trash can. Or maybe there's something that you need to give to God. It's not a sin. There's just something that you need to trust God with. It could be a positive thing. It could be a negative thing or whatever. It might be a small thing. And maybe for some of us, we just need to give that to God. Maybe some of us need to do both. And then as we do that, or if you don't want to do that, then we can take communion and celebrate the fact that we can let things go and we can claim God's victory because of what Jesus did for us. If you're new today and don't know this, 
Jesus died for you. He loved you so much that he took your sin because he knew you couldn't pay for your mistakes. If you're listening online, you're watching on a computer somewhere, Jesus loves you. He paid for you to know him. If you have a struggle that's just seemed to to weigh you down, and you want to say, God, I can claim what you did on the cross because of what you did for me. In the book of Luke, we read this story where Jesus is with his disciples. It says, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And they didn't understand what he was doing. But he breaks it into pieces, just like they normally do when they eat. He says, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. What are you talking about, God? We always eat. No, I I just want you to know my body's going to be broken for you. And then he takes the cup and he explains to them this new covenant. They didn't understand all of it. But he said it's between God and his people. And he explains to them that his blood is going to have to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, every time that you take communion or you take this bread and you take this cup, remember that I died to give you hope. That I died to restore what seems like can't be restored. That I died so that you can hang on to the light at the end of the tunnel and that light is me. Trusting in who we can't see. Despite the circumstances that we can't see. We're going to have communion here in the back on both sides. And then we'll also have a station here. If you're gluten free, we have a one up here as well. But let's just stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, would you just work in us and through us, God, over the next few minutes? Father, maybe some of us today, we've got this huge struggle. Father, give us the strength to trust, to believe, to not give up. Thought uh, This thought came to my head as we were singing that You don't have to have faith in some person that you feel like needs to get it right. You don't need to have faith in your ability to fix something. All we have to do is to begin to have faith in Jesus. Don't put faith in your husband. Don't put faith in your wife. Don't put faith in your finances. Don't put faith in the struggles or whatever. Put your faith in God. Allow God to, to shape you and mold you. It's through our actions that our faith is revealed. This morning I have been sharing with you that faith requires actions. and We've been talking about how individually we can have faith and trust in God and show God with our actions. And I want to share with you a way that our church is choosing to, to put our actions behind our faith. Uh, Many of you know, some of you may not know, that we adopted the middle school back in the spring. 
And we wanted to just begin to meet their needs. And we did a shoe drive in the spring. And this fall, we want to do a backpack drive. As we met with the leaders from the middle school, they said they have a huge need for trapper keepers and book supplies. And there's a lot of students that come into the school that don't have what they need. And it's a little embarrassing for them because everybody else has got their book supplies, uh, school supplies. So we want to meet that need. As we talked to uh, Teresa from the school, she thought that 200 backpacks would be a good goal uh, for us to to go after. So we're going to do 300. And so you'll find those out in the lobby, uh, stapled. We, we purchased all the backpacks. All we need you to do is just fill them for us. Uh, there's a there's a tag on the backpack, and on that tag is all the school, school supplies uh, that we need you to get. Go grab them, put them in the backpack, bring them back uh, next Sunday or the following Sunday or wherever. In the beginning of August, we'll take all those backpacks over to the school. We want to put actions behind what we believe. Can we do this, church? Can we get together 300 backpacks for the schools? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a great Sunday.